Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Galatians. We are starting a new series today called I Am Free. Say, I am free. I am free. Amen. And um, as I was studying this week, a illustration came to mind that I'd read about of a, a young boy who came home perplexed from the circus. His favorite animal at the circus had been a massive elephant. It had done all kinds of feat of strength, lifting up, massive weights, incredible feats of agility. But he was perplexed as he went home because this elephant stayed in one place the whole time. And he had seen a chain on its foot. But the chain, what intrigued him was the chain was attached to a tiny little peg. And so he went home wondering how could an elephant who is known for its strength and known for its power and movement that could actually uplift and root out trees in a forest, how could it stay chained to such a tiny peg that it could have removed so quickly? And as he went to understand the story, he found out that from an early age, this elephant was taken from his family, from the herd, and was put into, uh, into captivity with a stake in the ground and a chain. And so from an early age, this elephant, this little baby elephant had pulled against this chain and pulled every day it would pull and it realized it couldn't get free. But what it didn't understand is it got older that it got more powerful. And the power it had was plenty to uproot this tiny little peg in the ground. But it had become a slave and it didn't understand the power it possessed. As we start this series in Galatians called I Am Free, our goal is for God to illuminate our minds, our hearts, and our souls to understand the power that we possess in him. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now, as I went to study this phenomenon, I found a story that was juxtaposed to this, and it was the story of Raju the elephant. This story is a, a true story. It happened in Uttar Pradesh in India. Raju was a 50-year-old massive Indian elephant who had been in captivity for all 50 years of its life. It was taken as, a, as an infant elephant, and it too was chained. And someday, one, one day, some, some animal activists saw this, and their hearts were broken as Raju was, uh, they could tell he was suffering. You can actually see the picture of his foot being chained. And, and they had actually put not just ropes, but chains, and even, I don't know if you can see this, but there are spikes in, in this elephant's uh, leg. And so a team of 10 veterinarians and, and 20 wildlife commission people in India made it their mission to go and free Raju. Now what happened is they showed up and the, the owner was incredibly angry. Now this wasn't the first owner, this was the 27th owner of Raju. His whole life, Raju had been exploited to beg for food. And Raju often lived on on uh, eating paper and eating plastic, lived a, a miserable life. And so these activists said, well, it's time to free Raju. But the owner, when they went to free him, the owner started yelling commands at Raju and trying to scare Raju because he knew, hey, if I scare Raju, he can hurt these different people. Raju could snap a person in half. And so he started yelling commands. He started yelling threats. He went and put more chains on them. 
But these people were determined. They were determined to set Raji free. And so you actually see this guy here, this wildlife, his shirt says wildlife on it. He was in the Wildlife Commission. He went and he started undoing the chains and they started cutting them and clipping them. And what happened next touched every person there. It actually astounded them because when the chains fell off and they looked up in Raju's eyes, they saw massive tears streaming down. Can you show this next picture of, of Raju? I don't know if you could see this dark stain right here on his face, but Raju's eyes were pouring down tears. They said for the first time, Raju knew he had been set free. And so this elephant had tears of joy. That night, they, they took Raju, they took him to an animal sanctuary where he was joined by many other free elephants to roam and play. And this last picture is Raju enjoying his bath. That is one happy elephant. And I just loved this story this week because I said, man, that is what Jesus wants to do for us. You know, the power within you once you've given your life to Christ is greater than any other power that can keep you in captivity. But we've been deceived. And even when the Lord comes to set us free, the enemy's just yelling at us and he's trying to throw more chains on us. And what we need is a team. We need a team of 10 veterinarians and 20 wildlife commission people. We need the church to come and say, we're gonna partner with you to lift these chains off of you. And if you've ever experienced freedom from something, you understand those tears of joy in Raju's face. And that last picture, let's just put Raju one more time up. This is what the Christian life is supposed to look like, right here. And that is your inheritance in Jesus, to be one happy elephant in a pool of God's grace. We're looking at the book of Galatians today, and just for you to understand, I love what Martin Luther, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I showed you the picture of this feisty little monk who nailed the 95 theses on the Wittenberg door when the church had been teaching. It was all about paying for your freedom and paying for your salvation and all about these laws that you could never live up to. And he started what was called the Reformation, reforming the church. And he actually called the book of Galatians the gospel of freedom. The gospel of freedom. This letter became what was known as the battle cry of the Reformation under Martin Luther. And he claimed it, and I'm not making this claim today, but he claimed it as the best book of all the Bible. He called it the Magna Carta of Christian Liberty. So I'm excited over the next few weeks to jump in. And today I just want to do an introduction. I want to give you what I believe is the theme verse of Galatians. So I encourage you, go ahead and make sure your Bible's open. Uh, I love using the Bible app because you can actually push on a line and it will underline it. And so I go back and I see what I've underlined. If you have a paper Bible, I'd encourage you to underline it. If you're taking notes, which I always encourage you to do, I encourage you to write this down. Here is what I believe is the theme verse of Galatians. The scripture says this, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke 
of slavery. Do we have a, a picture of a yoke here? A, a picture, we have a picture of a yoke. You don't see them much, but this, this was in agrarian culture. You put a yoke on a beast, and, and so that, that beast pulled forward the plow. And it's, it's heavy. It's a big piece of wood. It's a piece of iron that goes around your neck. And, and Paul is saying this, don't be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Don't be burdened by a yoke of slavery. I love this other verse in Galatians 5. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do you understand that you're actually called to be free? So when we talk about being called to be free, what are we talking about? What are we, what are we called to be free from? Let's talk about some of those things. You see, all of us humans are in captivity. When you're born into this earth, you're born into a place controlled by the enemy. He is known as the kingdom of the ruler of the air. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 for a moment. Ephesians 2, 2 through 3. It says this, in which you used to live. So it's talking about before you came to know Christ. It says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. So we're born into the world where we're deserving of wrath, where we're captives to sin. Let's talk about different things that we're captive to. I want to talk about a few different things that, that we're captive to. We're captive to fear. We are captive to fear. 20% uh, of Americans actually have a phobia. So not just a little fear of something, but a, pho a phobia is totally debilitating. Like they can't get around this certain thing because of a, of, of a phobia. Let me talk to you about some of the fears, the most common fears people have. Fear of heights. Fear of heights. Fear of planes. Oh, I already saw people raising their hand. You know, I didn't even ask for confession, but man, get, rock, get real, right? People just got to be free here, right? Uh, fear of disaster. Fear of sickness. Man, we saw a lot of that with COVID-19. Fear of accidents. Uh, there, there's actually, let me actually tell you, there's a fear uh, that correlates with every letter in the alphabet. Isn't that nice? Um, fear of death, fear of rejection, the fear of man. The Bible talks about the fear of man being a snare, fear of being alone, fear of not having enough money, FOMO, fear of missing out, one of my greatest fears in life, the fear of failure. Most of us have some kind of fear that keeps us in captivity. Where is my fear person? There's a, a fear person. Come on up. I don't. Come on, Peggy. You're cheering for fear right now. Can you come on? So here's the thing is fear wants to keep you in captivity. You grab my arm. Um, this is the nicest fear you'll ever meet. It's like the sweet, but that's what the enemy does. He, may, he wants to make you think your fear is just sweet and that your fear actually wants to take care of you, but don't be deceived. Fear will take you out, right? So, so your fear wants to keep you captive. You got to hold on to me now as I preach, all right? This is, you got to wipe that smile off your face. You were too. 
This is what happens when I say, Audrey, you pick the people. Audrey picks the sweetest fear. Okay. Hold on to me. Okay, so many are, are captive to fear. Now here, many of us are captive to addictions. Okay, here, here are the 10 most common addictions. Uh, drugs and alcohol, gambling, sexual addiction, pornography addiction. But here are some that are maybe a little less known or a little more accepted. The addiction to a smartphone. Right, I mean, there's actually a known addiction. You can't go long, some of you are like, uh, putting it down, right? You're like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> you didn't hear me, yes. Um, addiction to exercise. Addiction, some of you are like, oh, anyway. Um, addiction to listening or watching the news. Addiction to food. Can I have addiction? Come on up, Where, where's my uh, addictive thoughts? Where's my... Wow, Bing, right? They, addictions come and find you. Come on up, addiction. Uh, yet another very nice addiction right here. We, we, pick, we pick the nicest addictions um, here too. So Bing, come on up, grab my hand. Uh, here's some more uh, over here. Um, this is really scaring you, I can tell. All right, everyone's like, whoo, I'm shaking. Bing, you're awesome for doing this. Thank you so much. Um, addiction to gaming. Uh, addiction to food. Addiction to shopping. Addiction to plastic surgery. Uh, addiction to tattoos. Uh, addiction to tanning. Okay, these, these are the top addictions. Okay, uh, here's the most accepted uh, work addictions or uh, workaholism, that's the most accepted. Okay, come on over here, no, no, hold on to me. No, don't let go of that easy. All right, um, here, here is the next thing that wants to keep us captive, is captive to destructive thoughts, okay? Destructive thoughts, destructive thoughts, come on up here. You usually don't have to call your destructive thoughts to you. Uh, they, they, they have a good, good way of finding you and staying with you. Let me just give you some destructive thoughts. You can go ahead and put your hand on my head. Just don't mess up my hair. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, self-hate, self-harm, self-shaming, self-condemnation, uh, lustful thoughts, obsessive thoughts, controlling thoughts. Um, here's another one. Uh, many of us are captive to other people. Come on up, other people. Yes, that's you, John. All right. Um, I love your hair. Uh, many of us live in captivity to, to other people, right? You can go ahead and put your hand on me or something. Thank you. Um, man, have, have, you, have you experienced this? You live trying to please someone else. You live trying to please your spouse. You live trying to please your parent. You live trying to please a friend. You live trying to, I know many people that are still captive to someone who's dead. They're like, what would my dad think? What would my mom think? My dad would be proud. My mom would be, my grandmother would be proud, right? You, you live uh, captive to your people group, right? I can't, I can't do this because I'm from this ethnicity. This is not what our people group does. I can't do this because of my denomination. I can't do this because of the school I went to. We live in captivity to other people. 
We live in captivity. Now, what those captivities do is they put us in a yoke. Can I get my strong men to come up and help me with this yoke? Yeah, can I get my yoked men now to come and help me? Can y'all step back just for a second? Thank you. Um, so we end up, this is a yoke, right? And so uh, it's hard to find a yoke in San Diego, by the way. So we actually made, we made a yoke. And, and so Peggy, come on in here with me. If you can lift that up, guys. Put your head in there, right there. So we end up in captivity to fear, right? The Bible says this, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free to no longer let yourself be burdened. So this is a burden by a yoke of slavery. Peggy, just gently start moving forward. But look, what does that do? I start getting led by fear, right? I start getting led around by fear. I don't want to go that way. Say so go left. But I want to go right. But look, I am getting led. How many of us are being led by fear? Guys, can you pull this yoke off of us? How about this? How about other people? We're actually end up in captivity, right? We're burdened by a yoke of slavery to what other people, <laughs> I was kind of like, has me up here, right? <laughs> And so uh, other people pull you in ways you don't want to be pulled, right? You, you actually end up, you end up a slave to what other people think, what other people do. Thank you, John. How about this? How about addictions? So many of us, we live our lives in captivity to addictions, and the addictions just lead us around, just lead me around, Bing. This addiction, man, I, don't, I, I just feel like I am just, I am just led around and I have no control about what I want to do in life, okay? Yeah, all right, that's enough. You're really good at that. All right, so just stay here for a minute, guys. I hope you don't mind holding that for a minute. Okay, would you just come help them hold that in the middle? Okay. So this is what, what Scripture says. The Scripture says, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Listen to what Galatians 5, 2 through 6 says. Galatians 2, 5, 2 through 6. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will have no value to you at all. So what was circumcision? Circumcision was a religious act. It was a removing of skin to show, hey, I belong to this religion. I am a Jew. He's saying this to Gentiles, to people who didn't grow up in the Jewish faith. He's like, it's not by doing a religious act that makes you a Christ follower, that saves you, okay? Again, I declare to everyone who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. He says, so if you think you're gonna save yourself by doing this one act, then you gotta do the whole law. You gotta do every 10 commandment perfect. And there's a ton of other laws in the Old Testament that you gotta do. Who are you trying to be justified? Uh, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated for Christ because you've fallen away from grace. So what's he saying? He's saying, hey, you church people that think, hey, the way I'm saved is by being good enough. By like, if I don't lie enough, if I do enough good deeds, if I give enough money, if I say enough prayers, okay, then I can actually be saved. And he's saying, hey, if that's how you live, then you've forgotten grace. 
Because the Bible says it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. Remember we talked about that? We talked about it's by what Jesus did on the cross while you were at your worst, God demonstrated his love for you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we're saved by grace. It's by us realizing I can't carry around this yoke, right? Because this is the other yoke we come into is religion. Come on up, religion. So, so many of us, what we do is we swing, we, we get saved, but then we realize like, man, I was living, I was living with, with addictions over here. And, and so then what we do is we're like, then I'm just going to counter that by, by doing as much religion and we just dive into religion. And all of a sudden we're like, I'm no longer that. Yeah, see, religion just wants to wrap his arm around me. If I, just, if I just do enough, if I just prayed harder, if I just read more, if I just, if I just made myself look better, man, I got to change. You know, back in my old days, I, was a, I had long hair. If I just get a buzz cut, and if I just, if I stop wearing tie-dye and, and, and start wearing my khaki pants, you know, it's like, I mean, it's ridiculous all the things that we start thinking about in religion. Stay with me, religion. It says this. For through the Spirit, we eagerly... Are you guys okay? <laughs> Can you help them hold this, please? Okay, sorry. Uh, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor circumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, this is what Scripture goes on to see. Watch this in Galatians 5. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Say free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is filled up in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. Say that with me, by the Spirit. Say it again, by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Can you replace being, I need, you, I need addiction. Um, what we're prone to do in life is we're like, I'm free, so now I can do whatever I want. And then we run in and we jump into all these, these very exciting sinful pleasures, but the enemy in the end, he only wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He only wants to kill us. And so then we realize that and we're like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cling to religion. If I just do enough, if I'm just a perfect Christian, then I'll be set free. And the Bible's saying, no, it's neither one of these. Neither one of these is my friend. I need someone bigger and stronger. Because, right, I end, up, I end up being yoked. I, I need the Lord to show up. Now, 
let me read to you this verse because I think this is gonna help you because I wanna tell you what true freedom looks like. This is what Matthew 11, man, this is where I've been feasting. I, I encourage you to find this. This is in, this is in the uh, 28th verse. Come to me, listen to this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Did you put your arm around me? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke. This guy's yoked. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You guys, the, the, the key to not being burdened by a yoke of slavery is to put on a different yoke. The key to not being burdened by a yoke of slavery is to actually put on a different yoke. Let's do this. The Lord says, take my yoke upon you. Guys, I bet you can drop this. Because look, I, I don't know, can you see, who, who do you think stronger? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, watch this. Just stand there. Look how little I have. What? Look, it's, it's not, can you just take that off and, and show us how you can, All right, yeah, it's, um, it's not hard for him. It's not hard. It, it, it's not hard for the Lord. And so he's saying, hey, don't be burdened by all these other yokes. He says, instead, get in it with me, right? And he carries nine-tenths of it. <laughs> this is, look at me. That, that's what the yoke feels like. Why? It's not, it's not because the yoke is light. It's because what you're carrying of it is light. Because he's carrying the whole thing. He's carrying the whole thing. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you, brother, so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And thank you, Nate, for building that yoke. That's amazing. Listen and, um, hey, uh, highlight this verse in your Bible app. This is gonna, this is gonna bless you. Um, I went off on this spiritual retreat, many of you guys know, called Soul Shepherding. And uh, we, we did a Lectio Divina, which just means God illuminating the word on this scripture and it has been changing my life. Matthew eleven twenty five 25 through 30. Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for you've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls, but you spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Can I, can I first tell you, some of you are like, man, this Christianity thing, there's gonna be some Jedis, and then I'm just like this little Ewok, right? Like, I... 
I, I'm so small and so dirty and so, and, and what scripture says is God actually hides his ways. He hid his ways from the most spiritual, the most religious, the Pharisees. And who got it? Who got it? It was sinners. It was prostitutes. It was tax collectors. Why? Because they knew their need, right? Blessed are the poor for theirs. Are you getting this? Like, hello, because some of you are like, hey, I'll never be a good Christian. Guess what? Who cares? Because that's not what we're going for. We're going for friends of Jesus. Some of you are like, wait, what? What I'm saying is you're not trying to be a good Christian. I had, I had people through, throughout the history of this church that have come up to me. They're 50, 60 years old. They grew up in the church, and they say, I try to be a good Christian. And I'm like, stop. Stop. Because that's not what it's about. It's about being a friend of a person. And his name is Jesus. He says this but you spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. If you're an ordinary person, you're a great candidate for understanding this message. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. So many of us, we feel like Jesus is just harsh. He's a harsh, hard taskmaster. He wants to just put a heavy yoke on you. I, I didn't want to follow God as a young man because I thought this yoke was just going to be on me. Like that's following God is just a heavy yoke. I didn't understand that he was like, no, come take a yoke upon me because it's going to be easy and light. And life is heavy and hard. I'm not saying Hard things aren't going to happen, but I'm saying when you walk with Jesus, he then says, I'm going to carry the yoke. When I'm talking about being free, I'm saying he is going to carry the yoke, and you're free when you're with him. Listen to what it says. I, I love this. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Listen to this. Let this just minister over you. Actually, maybe you should close your eyes while I read this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Let me just read that over you again. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you on you. Some of us are like, man, the closer I get to the Lord, the more he's going to put this yoke on me and I'm going to do things I don't want to do. And instead he's like, no, no, no. Actually, the closer you get to me, the less heavy and ill-fitting yokes are on you. And the more that you're actually getting the rest of God, the more you're getting the life of God, the more you're getting infused with the joy of the Lord. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and no longer be burdened by a yoke of slavery. But he says, take my yoke upon you. 
Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you ready to exchange your yoke, the world's yoke, for the Lord's yoke today? How do we do that? How do we do that? Because you're like, yeah, of course I want that. Of course I want to be free. Of course I'd love to not be yoked to addiction, yoked to fear, yoked to religion, yoked to other people's opinions. Yes, I mean, who doesn't want to be free? So he gives us an understanding of how to do that in Galatians 5, 16 through 17. Last two verses in Galatians we're going to look at today. He says this, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, and so that you are not to do whatever you want. Let me explain this. The flesh, the flesh wants sinful desires, and the flesh also wants religion. It's kind of like this. Here's this illustration. We'll start with the beginning. There's two ditches when we're walking in the kingdom. One is sins of the flesh. There's two ditches we can fall into, right? One is we just plunge in to the sins of our flesh. What seems good? What's exciting? You're driving down the road. All you have to do is drive on the highway and, and Things are appealing to your flesh. Sensuality, alcohol, drugs, right? Uh, materialism. It's just calling you. It's calling you, right? And so we're drawn to this ditch. And if we get in it, the enemy only wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So we want things that satisfy our flesh. But here is another sin of the flesh on this side. It's called religion. Do you know that that's a sin of the flesh too? Why? Because you're trying to make your flesh feel good about your flesh. Have you ever thought about that? That religion is actually a sin of the flesh because you're trying to build up your flesh in what you can do. Look how much, that's what the Pharisees did. Look how much I fast. Mark chapter two, they're coming at Jesus and saying, we fast, why don't you fast? And it's like, you don't get it because I'm here. Like when the, when, when Jesus is here, it's time to party, right? Some of you are like, oh, and I don't mean this kind of party. No, it's a true, joyful, true free party. Religion, so sins of the flesh say, I want, I want, I want this. I want more sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I want more material possessions. I want more. I got to have more of this. I got to have more fame. I got to have more people looking at me. I got Religion says I should. I should. I should do this. I should. I should stay away from this. I, I should. I, sh- I, I should be. I shouldn't be. Re- I should be helping. So I should. I should be doing what my mother wants me to do. Right. I should be doing exactly. Man, one time I was talking, I was meeting with a pastor and I was just overwhelmed and I just needed some help. And I was telling him all these expectations I have on myself. And he looks at me and he says, you need to stop shooting on yourself. I said, excuse me? He goes, S-H-O-U-L-D. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. He said, I, decide, I decided to stop shooting on myself years ago. Hey. 
How do you stop shoulding on yourself? Because if I said the other thing, I'd actually be over there, right? <laughs> um, how do you stop? Paul explained it. He said, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Here's freedom. It's the high road. It's walking by the Spirit. You're like, great, tell me the rules. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong question. Because the Spirit's a person. The Spirit is a person. So this is what it looks like. I wake up in the morning, and before I get out of bed, I say, good morning. Good morning, Lord. Do you know he's there? You know, you, he's the one person you don't have to get fixed up for. He accepts you with your messy hair, your stanky breath. He loves you. And so I say, good morning, Lord. And, and, and so I try, to, I try to get my mind connected with the Spirit before I ever even get out of bed, right? And then I go and I get my coffee, right? I always say it because he brews. And then I go... I go and get in his word because I, I need this, the, the, the word is inspired by the spirit and so I need it to wash my mind. I need a brainwashing, right? Because my mind gets so messed up. And, and then what do I do? I, I, I let his spirit speak to me. I don't read the Bible like I read a textbook and say, now I've got to get three chapters in and I've got to do this. No, I read it as a love story. And then, guess what? When, when something sticks out to me, you know, sometimes with the Lord, I might just read two verses. Sometimes I read numerous pages, but the goal is personal connection with a person. I'm walking with the Spirit, right? So you don't have to do the exact same thing every day, right? Some of you that are married, you understand, you, you don't just do the same thing every day, right? You, it, it, you're, you're walking with a person, right? And, 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 and different days, your spouse wants to do different things. If you don't know that yet, I'm really helping your marriage. And the Lord is a person, so he says, today we're doing this, today we're doing that. And so, so what does that mean? It makes a relationship an adventure, so it doesn't just get dry, because religion just says the same day, I say the same prayer, I burn the same candle, I twirl the same incense, I do the same thing, and he's like, no, let's go on a journey. Let's go on an adventure. And then, so what else do I do? I listen every day. I say, Lord, is there anything you have for me today? And man, it's all over the place. Some days he gives me administrative details. I'm like, Ooh, write them down because I'm not super administrative. And some days he's like, I want you to talk to this person. And then, or some days he'll actually say, you know, like, prepare for this. And then it's happening. It's crazy, right? But that's called walking with the Spirit. And so more and more, what I'm trying to do every day, even when I'm preaching, is like, Lord, I just want to stay with you just all the time. Rico, we come up one more time. You don't have to have your gold sash, but this was all a trick. Um, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> come on, you should be used to that. We live right by Hollywood. Um, it's just day by day, right? Can I grab your hand? I just, 
I just want to be walking with him in his easy yoke, and he just leads me around. I just, I just want to follow you, Lord. I just want to follow you wherever, you wherever you want to go. It's just, right? And the joy, you know what the, the real joy is? The real joy is this. This is the real joy of every day. You mind taking this for me, Lord? Thank you. The key to not be yoked to slavery is being yoked to Jesus. Let me um, end with this. Here, here's a practice. I'm trying to give you guys more practices. Uh, I've talked about breath prayers. This is one of my ones that I've been doing a lot because things get me nervous and things um, weigh on me. The, the men and women of of God for years have done things like this. They take a, a phrase or a verse and they turn it into a breath prayer. So I've been, go, I've been breathing in and going, this is straight out of Matthew 11.30. I'll breathe in. My yoke is easy. I'll breathe out. My burden is light. I turn it into your yoke is easy. So breathe in. So while I'm breathing in, I'm going, your yoke is I'm breathing in and saying, your yoke is easy. And then I breathe out, your burden is light. Can you just do that with me? Why don't you just open your hands. Breathe in. While you're breathing in, in your mind, say, your yoke is easy. Then turn over your hands to just drop it, the burden. Drop the burden. Your burden is light. So anything I'm, I'm carrying today, open your hands. Your yoke is easy. Now I'm gonna just drop my finances. Your burden is light. Breathe in. Your yoke is easy, Lord. I'm gonna drop my relational pain. Your burden is light. I'm not walking away. I'm not abdicating. I'm just letting him carry it. Encourage you this week, when anxiety comes, when addiction comes, when fear comes, when the need to please someone, just take a minute and pray that breath prayer. Let's stand up.